Hello out there in social isolation. Welcome to Thrones of Game, the Game of Thrones podcast that watches the series backwards. If you've never heard the show before, then sit by the fire, dear friend, and I'll explain. My name is BT Calloway. I've already seen the entire show, but joining me is Elliot J. of O'Neill, the only man in the world who have never seen a single episode of Game of Thrones until we started watching it backwards. Elliot, how are you, buddy? I'm in isolation. Isolation we are. Appropriate 1.5 metres apart. In fact, I think we got two metres here because we're extra space safe. And physically awkward people generally. In general. (laughs) We just watched Season 5, Episode 3, entitled The High Sparrow. Elliot, what just happened? Me, 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 me. <laughs> no, I actually, um, a fair bit happened, but it was kind of smattered throughout, and it just, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, um, so for the, everyone playing at home, this is the one where uh, Tommen marries Marjorie. Uh, it's probably the one of the few weddings to not involve murder. <laughs> uh, Sansa goes to Winterfell, uh, and Tyrion gets kidnapped by uh, Sir Fracken. Of all his names, I can't think of anyone right now. Blondie McFuture Grayscale arm. Future scale bod, uh, Captain Friendzone himself. Joram Amon, thank you. Joram uh, Among Among Us. Joram Among Among Yeah, those are the main points of this one. This is a lot of bits and pieces moving around again, as it always is. Uh, it's also a little bit of Arya uh, getting fed up with, you know, being in the House of Black and White, but not being trained as an assassin yet. And I'm getting fed up with her being in the House of Black and White. Yeah. I'm willing to give this one a bit of leeway, though, because I know it's sort of setting up a lot of stuff, and I, mm. like... I can see it was clearly doing something different than all the other times I've seen, but God fucking damn it. Yeah. Like, tell her what you want. <laughs> you Just say what you want and then you might get it. No, but if we talk in wispy voices and have you do meaningless tasks, you'll learn how to be a nobody. Yeah, we get it, Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> Wax on, sweep the floors. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, Assassin's Creed, the dude. <laughs> all right, well, uh, I know it was a bit of a snoozer. And again, this is all... Instead of ratcheting up the tension for you, this is going downhill. This is, you know, literally walking downhill instead of walking going uphill. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the last episode I saw Tyrion was with Joram. He started this episode not with Joram. Uh, well, with Varys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although I always enjoy Varys and Tyrion hanging out. It's a good buddy cop. I enjoy that. Yeah. Uh, but no, if you had to pick a few moments from this or one single moment, what is your most valuable part of this episode? Or if you want to tear out a new one, what is your least valuable part? Oh, God, I don't really want to tear out a new one, actually. Like, it's just... It was a bit of a snoozer. Mm-hmm. Um, best part? I, I really actually liked... Uh, fucking, I don't remember her real name. Who cares? I use the fake names. Uh, Tilda Swanson and... Yep, Brienne of Tarth. And a pod of cast. Yep. Yep. Good old Podrick Payne. Yeah. Uh, the Pipes of Podrick. Mm-hmm. I actually enjoyed their little back and forth. Oh, yeah. They're always great. And, and I was just sort of thinking, I haven't seen their buddy, buddy comedy in this show yet. Yeah, it must be season four where, like, everyone is a part of buddy cop movies, and I love it, personally. I had yeah. a great time. Uh, yeah, they're a really good pairing, and I do really like the story she tells of, you know, being a, a young lady and uh, her father wanting her to marry up and having this party and having all these suitors come who danced with her and told her that she was lovely, and then they all start laughing, and it's mm. a very Kerry kind of moment. Um, oh, man, yeah. She had a horrible high school origin story. Oh, man, for <laughs> sure. But that's how she became to be in service, service of, uh, I forgot the guy's name. Baratheon? Yeah, but which Baratheon? The the one we haven't seen yet. Renly. Ah. Baratheon. Yes. Renly. <laughs> Renly. 
that was, that was a very sweet moment. Sorry, I didn't mean to steal your thunder there. No, no, no that's <laughs> uh, pretty much all I had to say about it. Like, yeah, there's not like really one standout moment for me in this one. And yeah. despite the fact that we get to field some of the future questions a bit more this week mm. than others, you know, yeah. Yeah, what about you? What was your MVP? I was just going to add quickly to that moment. Uh, I really like Podrick when, you know, she's all like, why are you a squ- still a squire? And he's like, well, you know, I've had a few of them. They've all been nice. And mm. she was like, oh, well, I'm sorry you're stuck with me. He's like, no, you're pretty good. He's like, oh, but I'm a horrible person. He's like, oh, well, if you weren't horrible to me, I wouldn't learn anything. It's like she's trying <laughs> to kick him a little bit and like, you know, make him go, I get some distance <laughs> from her emotionally. But he's just, he's too damn nice. Good old Pod. He's the best. That's okay, ma'am. I don't mind being a little cut bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, ma'am. I have another uh no i'm gonna say uh my i think my mvp is probably the back and forth between seesaw lannister and marjorie tyrell mm. because it's all just subtext of them just quietly slapping each other in the face oh yeah uh because it, it's first it's led by uh our first little we'll jump skip ahead a little bit to our first part of nudity uh which was just a little bit of Nat- natalie dormer back uh, but that's fine. It starts off with some sex panting. Yeah. And uh, just, you know, her and Tom and consummating. And then it does slowly move into this her really kind of cleverly backhanding her uh, Tom and's mother, being all like, oh, you know, your mother's so sweet. She's always looking after her little boy. And he's like, oh, but I'm the king now. So, oh, no, you are. But, of course, to her, she'll always, you'll always just be her little son, little little cub of the lioness and, like, kind of planting that seed. Mm. And in the next one... He's all saying, oh, wouldn't you be happy here back home at Castle Rock? I just want you to be happy, which, again, I think from him comes very genuinely. But you can tell Cersei kind of figures it out and is like, oh, she, that bitch has been, okay. <laughs> so she goes to see her and there's this whole back and forth where it starts off with, you know, uh, Marjorie is all like, and then he wants to do it four times like we're trying to set a record. He's like, well, what is the record? Ha ha ha, giggling with my girls. Yeah. And then, you know, she... Uh, Cecil walks in he's just like oh what do I call you mother that's uh, call you mother yeah I was about to say it was very much like brunch with the girls and mimosas and yeah. stuff but the thing is they weren't having mimosas it was much too early I for know. them ah, oh, I love that back that is a killer line <laughs> we'll get you a drink it's a little early for us of course yeah. it's like ah and I just it's just a great little back and forth and they have these little yeah you can see that rivalry building and that power struggle in people who don't command armies but have you know everyone everyone's ear and have this kind of quiet power and it's very cool I like that scene i like it a lot it's very good uh, i think we talked last time about natalie dormer's you can see her controlling tommen and i really like that as well it's very cool she plays it very well yeah it's refreshing to see her like this and not yeah the prisoner just being like shamed <laughs> yeah exactly well they both end up in the same place because yeah high sparrow gets very high and mighty but mm. uh, we'll get to that speaking of actually him like is this the first time i've actually seen him do like charitable fucking pious stuff like <laughs> yeah this is how he starts off he's just a guy in nothing but a robe handing out f- soup to the needy and this is where his whole thing starts because yeah every other time i've seen him is like uh, held up in the big castle like but still wearing piece of mm. shit clothing and like i don't know taking care of this big thi- like this is the first time i feel like i've seen him do like something charitably human which would suit his character a lot more yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, we were yeah. saying last time when Cersei is all like, oh, why don't you get a faith a militant together? And they'll, they'll be all militia, and then bam, he has them. This we can already see he kind of already had them. Mm. And he just, you know, turned them into the faith mil- militant. Um, yeah, I do kind of like that we never fully find out if he was an actually pious person or if he was just making power plays from a different direction. I like right. that we never fully know that for sure. Uh, whereas here, he's obviously 
just there to serve the uh, poor. But again, maybe he came there to get a gra- you know, go for a power grab of some kind and ended up with way more on opportunity than he ever thought he would. Mm. I mean, that's entirely possible. But um, I like a lot of his lines. He has a good uh, little line of... Um, I told them I nobody's special and they think I'm special for telling them that. And it's like, that's yeah, pretty fair of a, a lot of way a lot of religions get out of hand and have hierarchical structures and power and all that when it's just the message itself is we should be all equal under the eyes of whatever it is we believe in. So yeah, and I like his line of uh, hypocrisy is a boil and it's always pay- painful to lance a boil. And it's like, yep. Mm. Yeah, no, and um, uh, they could have been a bit more delicate with the sword as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that was a good follow up. I don't know, this is just a weird staging of the scene where it's like the old people are doing jobs and carrying on with a conversation even though they're still interacting with other people. Yeah. It's just like being on the opposite end of that. It's like, oh, the soup guy's giving me some bread. Take uh, you didn't say, uh, okay, yeah. bye. Because I, mean, I want to say blessings of the seven be with you, but he's talking to someone. It's a little awkward. But he's also serving me. It's way, do I say it? It's all oh, no. th- Thank you. I can see you still have some of the sourdough. Can I have some of that instead? It's really good. So, I don't want to be fussy and ungrateful, but it's just very good bread. Multigrade. Like, it's fine. <laughs> Not for me. Yeah. 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 So, anyway, it was just weird staging how he was going between the thing, anyway. Mm-hmm. No, fair, fair. But I guess that's also meant to be he's not giving Cersei anything he wouldn't give anyone else who came to visit him. Yeah, he's still serving everybody else. He's doing his job. He's, he's happy to talk to her, but he's not going to let her effectively cut in line and take up his time. Right. Uh, because he's he's got people to serve. Yeah, I think it's a good intro- introduction for Bernie Sanders there. And uh, Oh, is this his first episode? I think so. Oh, shit. Yeah, as far as I can remember, this is his first introduction. So Yeah, right. He's just on a rocket train to, to weird power and getting blown up. <laughs> as we all are. Uh, to my next question, then. Nudity! Yes. Yes, we already uh, mentioned some sex panting and some Natalie Dormer back. Um, yep, yep. Um, and the brothel scene, is this... Um, was this shown again in the episode we uh, just watched? Same brothel, uh, but different scene of it. So oh, this right, is right. Littlefinger's establishment. Has he set up a bunch of, like, um, entrapment thing, like... No, no, they they burst in. He they weren't welcome there. Oh, okay. They just came in, wrecked up his establishment of the uh, High Septum, who is the current, you know, Pope basically, mm. uh, who is in the middle of uh, some some kinky's things with uh, sexual representations of all of the seven gods, and then him taking his choice. And I do like the bit. It was like, I'll have the maiden. The guy's like, it's always the maiden. <laughs> <laughs> So, and the stranger and it's like okay fine you know more is extra yes I know stop breaking the fantasy <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah so the seven gods are represented by seven prostitutes with you know boobs out uh, we also get some old man butt to balance things out <laughs> of course yeah during his own like yeah walk of atonement thingy yeah very light compared to other people's walks of atonement but mm. hey but you know good on Littlefinger's establishment for catering to all kinds of fantasies <laughs> hey if you got the coin that's what they're there for I guess is is the moral I don't know do you want to call that a moral eh. mm. Uh, we do end up in a brothel again later on with uh, when Tyrion just can't stand being in the wagon anymore. Uh, we see someone dressed as Dan Brady, but without pants. <laughs> with arseless chaps, even. Yeah. That's so fucking rad. <laughs> yeah. I'd like, yeah, again, in this world where people are cosplaying. Basically. <laughs> I mean, it's got a good line of anyone who can inspire priests and uh, prostitutes must be of, of high importance. And Tyrion's just like, whatever. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we get a bit of smooth talking Tyrion when he sits down with this other, you know, girl and kind of, even though she is a prostitute, manages to chat her up. It's like, you didn't, probably didn't need to do that, but I respect that you did. And he has a good line of, you know, he gets her to laugh and he goes, well, who needs wealth when you can make a woman laugh? And it's like, 
smooth. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ah, oh, but if only he didn't lose the last. If only he did not go for out for a piss. Yes, if only. Well, you know, we'll find out later while he why he lost that lust, but uh, that's that's some backshadowing. He's not a eunuch, is he? No, 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 no. Or is he? No. But is he? No, of course not. That's how he couldn't piss like that if he was a eunuch. Yeah, and also, I don't think he could make fun of uh, a burnt Newton. No, he no, either. he couldn't make fun of eunuchs if, if he was one. Although, I guess, suppose then he could be like one of them, but it's different then. Mm, that's our word. Um, but yeah, on the way to the brothel, they do pass another red priestess who is also hot. So I'm, I'm, I'm saying it again. I'm, I'm for this religion. All their priestesses are hot and have weird sex magic powers. Yep. So that's pretty cool. Well, I, I'm sure Littlefinger's establishment to can cater to your wills. <laughs> oh, I don't want to pay these things. I just want to find them and be a part of them in a fictional landscape. You know, I don't even know where I'm going with this. <laughs> it was an impassioned speech, but I started, and about five words in, I realized I had nothing to be passionate about. So, but we do move to our little bit of cock talk. What's Whoop. that? It's this. It's cock talk. Zip. Uh, when Tyrion's trying to get into the brothel and the guy like pats his head he's like it's good luck to pat a dwarf's head and he's like it's also a good luck to suck a dwarf's cock hmm? <laughs> yep. uh, he's really got the gift of the gab that guy yeah but again it's not we prefer it when it's cock as a metaphor and this is quite literal it's not as much fun but hey it's the best mention of this segment we've had for a while yeah. so zip it back up until it happens zip again zip it up Zip. that's the end of cock talk for today which moves us to our next question violence Again, a little bit of smattering here and there, yeah. but like overall, not like a big battle scene or anything. Nope. Oh, God, I think I've only got two Vs on my page anyway. Ooh. But yeah, I guess the big one is the fucking execution scene. Yeah, for sure. John Bumshovey has his uh, authority undermined by someone who refuses to take an order from the Lord Commander, and he's all like, oh, drag him outside, give me my sword. And I do like the suspense in this one. You're like, ooh, is he going to do it? Is it a good idea to do it? Is it a better idea to show mercy? I don't know. And again, the guy pleads for his life, and he stops, and he just cuts his head off. <laughs> yeah, so as someone who's seeing this for the first time, I can honestly say this is the impact that had on me. The second they were dragging him outside, mm-hmm. like I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, this is getting real. Um, but then, like... I thought, okay, prediction, the way it's going to go, he's going to get him on the stocks, go to kill him, but then, like, give him the little stop short and, like, yep. maybe even the little kiss of the sword and go, yep. don't let me see you fuck up again. Yep. But also, I remembered, I'm meeting this person for the first time today. <laughs> <laughs> and that usually means one thing. Yeah. But it didn't still spoil the surprise. Like, that dude's head came off in a very surprising way. Yeah. I mean, the music even stops and yeah. like when he starts pleading and crying and... Yeah, you think, oh, he's going to have mercy and that's going to be like the thing that shows weakness because he's still going to have this person who doesn't respect him. Yada, yada. Shink. Oh, okay. He, well, that, that guy's yeah. dead. And I think it's it's a good debate to have about whether or not it's better to keep, you know, show mercy to a dissident, dissidenter, dissidenter, dissenter, whatever. An apologetic dissident. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or whether you just like, nope, you, you, you've, you're done fucked up. Now yeah. you don't get to keep your head. <laughs> Live if you can. Yeah. But yeah, that's kind of our only moment of violence, really. Yeah, well, I saw a bit of the flayed skin people oh, as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. I wrote who that. also have trouble living, much like the headless. Yeah, well, the Boltons are bastards like that. Um, and But, however, i got to say, Ruse Bolton's voice is awesome. Yeah? <laughs> like, super bassy, but not, like, growly at all. It's like, that's... That, that, I want him to, like, read me a book. Mm. <laughs> if he's not on audio, Audible, he should be. 
I was actually having that, those moments with Davos, and I'm like, oh, I'm not even hearing your words right now. <laughs> Davos can read me a story, and it'd be, like, really happy, and I feel good. Uh, Ruse could read me a story, it's going to be, like, intensely, then what happened? <laughs> <laughs> They'd be a great devil and angel on your shoulder. Oh, phenomenal, yeah. Good fuss. And I was like, I don't even care. It's like hearing you guys talk. You want to debate some more? Should I knock this guy's head off or not? You should show them mercy. No, flay their skin. <laughs> <laughs> so you always put the flag. Yeah, I mean, get because Reek checks out all these flayed people, and so I wrote down Reek and the Flayed, which is a pretty good metal band name. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, and in this bit as well, is Ramsey constantly eating? Is he one of these fucks that eats heaps per day and he can just metabolize it? Seems to be. I mean, yeah. he does expend a lot of energy murdering people. Um, but <laughs> Flaying will take it out of a man. Yeah, now that you mention it, he does eat a lot. Yeah. There is like meant to be a good visual shorthand of a lot, you know, any visual medium where eating is a position of power because usually people are vulnerable when they're eating. But if you're not, as we discussed on a previous episode of uh, if you want to learn to be a good actor, learn how to eat menacingly. Yeah. Um, but it's also, you know, the power of, yeah, being comfortable, being well provided for, and just, you don't give a fuck if you're eating while people are talking to you about important things. Even his dad has to be like, stop eating and listen to my commanding voice. Yeah. I suppose that's it. It's like a great shorthand to a way to show that he's rich all the time. Yeah. The only one up of that is to take someone else's food is the absolute show of power. So if you watch a lot of Quentin Tarantino movies, the badass will do that. Ah, like so, as in the scene with the tasty burger. Yeah, takes his food and eats it. Mm. Yeah, and it was a tasty burger. <laughs> Do you have anything to wash this down? <laughs> anyway. Yep, um, quickly just scanning my notes, because that's all our questions, really, and there's no more violence. Like, we had a little bit of Bobcat girl slapping Arya. Um, <laughs> Her delivery of, ow, cunt. <laughs> I, I, know, I wrote down Bob cunt, because <laughs> that needed to happen. I actually thought... Oh, yeah, kind of looked like she was wearing a wig in this one. A little bit. Yeah, and so my note there was training bob cut. Well, I mean, maybe they'd already, like, cut her hair for the bob cut, and they needed yeah. to go back and film this scene for whatever reason, or maybe they just, you know, reasons they do or that. Or still a new haircut that kind of looks a bit wonky, because yeah, new haircuts yeah. do. Yeah, well, that's just the way haircuts be. you got to let them grow out before they look natural. Mm-hmm. Um, not that anyone's getting haircuts lately, <laughs> um, but I do like the whole bit with the uh, Assassin's Creed. The dude is all like, well, you know, how is this girl going to be no one if she's around, surrounded by relics of Arya Stark? Mm. And she's all throws her old clothes away and the money she's earned away and then goes to the sword, the needle, and is just like, can't do it and hides it instead. It's it's good. It's a good little moment of, oh, she's not completely letting go of herself. So she'll may ne- maybe these people will figure that out and that she'll never truly be one of them. Or maybe she'll trick them all and actually learn how to be an assassin and still be Arya Stark. Mm. A reminder of things I've already seen, though. Does she get that sword back? She does. Oh, okay. Very important sword. Uh, remember when Bobcut Girl chased her down into the alleyway and then she went into like a dark room and there was a candle and she cut the candle with a sword? Ah. That sword was needle. Mm, all right, because, yeah, I don't remember fetching it out of stone, so I was like, Yeah, oh. neither do I. Uh, maybe it happened, I forgot. Mm, but, yeah, just, my God had many faces. My God's not a person. You don't know who he is. He's someone. A man is a person. Uh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they never fully explain the many-faced God. No, but, they do not. Uh, but, I actually, I developed a theory in this one. I think the many-faced God is just the name of death. All right. Uh, because... First of all, like, all the statues of all the other seven gods are around, you know, Arya lists them out as she's looking around. It's like, where is this many-faced god? And he's like, well, he, you know, he, there is only one god. And it's like, 
But we know for a fact in this world, there's the Lord of Light. He keeps showing some magical powers. I don't think any of the others are the, the weird old gods of the tree folk, tree people-y things. Mm. They show a little bit of power as well. So there's obviously literally actual other gods out there. I think what he's referencing more is in sooner or later, everyone dies. And therefore, death is your only real god because we're all beholden to that. Yeah. And there's also a bit that's a bit of a backshadow spoiler, but it's not too bad. When Arya is learning to first sword fight, uh, the guy training her has this line of what do we say to the god of death not today yeah uh whereas and so then she goes to work with these other assassin people and their whole thing is saying yes to death basically they we're not entirely sure what people come to the house of black and white and they drink that from that stone cup from that well and then they seem to die from it and maybe is like a, a euthanasia thing again never fully explained yeah but i also appreciate that I think that's, you know, them accepting death and accepting their past passage into this realm of death and of God and yada, yada, yada. So that's my hot take on it. Uh, she goes from someone who says no to the God of death, who's someone who's supposed to say yes to the God of death and blah, 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 blah. It's a theory. I like it. It sounds fun. Well, I reckon he is an allegory for Jesus because <laughs> he's a white dude with like medium brown hair and stubble. Yeah. And that's what Jesus looks like. And God yeah. is his daddy. I mean, maybe he's just a dudist priest, you know? He really is. He except he acts like such a cunt. He's, he's, a, a, he's just all wispy and never really tells you what he wants. Yeah, looks like a dude, acts like a cunt. <laughs> a lot of cunts in this uh, house, but hey, what are you gonna do? <laughs> uh, but I do like she's all like, "I've house been sweeping the rising cunts." <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he walks in, and he's all, and she's like, "I've been sweeping this floor for days." I just wanted to say, "It's fucking clean. <laughs> I have swept it for days. It is not that big. It's clean." <laughs> well, I was thinking, yeah. It's, fucking dusty all the time because you got exposed stone walls you dickhead you put in the f um, facilities to have everyone's fucking faces but you don't know how to dust treat your goddamn house yeah she's like look just hear me out carpets make the whole place a lot warmer make all these people dying on the floor more comfortable and we won't have to sweep all the fucking time i've got a guy back at home i know i'm not meant to bring relics from home but he's a really good contractor and he doesn't stiff you on the bill you know that's that's what you want isn't it that should be your god a tradie who doesn't rip you off yeah <laughs> yeah what are you peeped here take this scroll <laughs> just let, he's got his information anyway, anyway. yeah yep uh, and I was going to troll through my other notes um, so I do like this little scene where uh, Cecil Lannister and Marjorie Tyrell are being carried through streets in their little buggy things I don't know what they're called and uh, everyone's ignoring Cecil and is like ah Queen Marjorie oh we love you blah blah blah, blah. Mm. and uh, again a bit I didn't notice in that nice little backhanded back and forth they have is uh, she and uh, Marjorie Tyrell ends it by being all like oh and I meant I'm not too familiar with court what do I call you now uh, Queen Mother or yeah. do I call you Queen Re what is it exactly it's just as if, as if to say you ain't got the power anymore bitch I do <laughs> Nice. Also, you're kind of old. Yeah, and you suck. I'm the new hotness. Bow. Did you see my back in that other scene? That's a sexy back. <laughs> I have literally brought a sexy back. <laughs> and yeah, all the girls are like, Ooh. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep, ladies in waiting. They're just so much fun to just back you with like, they're basically her hype men, but yeah. are just giggling. <laughs> I did like how with her, uh, what was it, dealing with the consummation as well. It felt like I hurt you. <laughs> no. <laughs> it was all over so fast. <laughs> yeah. Sure was. <laughs> Would you like cake or pomegranate juice? I don't know. He's trying. Give the kids something. He's trying. I uh, know. It's just 
Oh man, like the the ultra wealthy, how they eat. <laughs> yeah, cake and pomegranate juice. <laughs> and whatever fucking leg of whatever animal that fucking Ramsey is hoeing in on. Yeah. <laughs> whatever he wants. It might be person. Who the hell knows? That guy's insane. <laughs> uh we do get a bit of Sansa and Littlefinger, who Littlefingers just basically looking at a castle and talking. And again, I like Sansa's acting on this one. And yeah, this her hair's dyed. I forgot that happened. It's all yeah. blackish. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Oh, oh, and we get a little bit of ever so creepy looking mm-hmm. at her as she arrives. Yes, a little bit of Miranda being ever so creepy. <laughs> and she's like, that bitch, I'm going to creep on her mm. ever so much. Be so creepy. <laughs> yep. I'm out of notes. Yeah, I believe I am too. Uh, oh, Barney smuggled. Ah, I was trying to think of a good one for Tyrion this time. <laughs> I couldn't get anything. Well done. Um, we have a bit of that old lady who later on loses her skin, who's like, the North remembers him. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. The one that we see, yeah, help her out. And, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Um, the guy who gets his face stabbed by Arya shows up for a bit. It's mostly just because when I saw that scene the first time around, I could not for the life of me remember who this dude was. So mm. every time he pops up, I'm like, ah, it's stab face. I know you. <laughs> you get stabbed in the face. <laughs> Um, Darth Maester is there and they, we just have a long scene of him writing a scroll and then this big mound of covered mm. by a sheet in the background shakes or should I say this big mountain, mountain. <laughs> yeah uh, when that happened he was like easy now and I was like wait uh, oh, oh <laughs> yes getting closer to that yeah we're getting we're getting close to some pretty cool iconic moments but I think they're all in season 4 mm. But, hey, uh, so that puts me out of, out of notes. How about you? I'm done. Then we must ask our final question. How did we get here? Well, a little high sparrow told me that the next episode is called The House of Black and White. Mm. More of the fucking shit that I already said I didn't like that much. Well, it could be like, you know, <laughs> black and white movies and they're just learning the art of projection. I can't even make this up. Nope, yeah, it's going to be that entirely. <laughs> I got no hope for you there, man. Well, um, I mean, at least, like, it, it's Arya arriving, Yeah, but I still feel like I'm in for at least ten minutes of elusive, dumb answers from this yep. dickhead. <laughs> oh, what we also get to look forward to is, because in this one, Tyrion's tired of being in this wagon all the time, he's going to be in that wagon all the time. <laughs> but they can't get in the wagon before they paint it. <laughs> <laughs> Does not paint your wagon. <laughs> uh, I, I would watch paint. Your wagon starring Tyrion and Varys. Yep, yep. Don't you paint a wagon? Don't you paint it fine? And they'll quip each other the whole time. It's like, well, I know you're used to painting the town red, but how about this wagon? Do you paint it red? (laughs) Yeah, uh, I'm not going to lie. I didn't have anything when I started that sentence, but I got there. (laughs) Pretty proud. All right, well, that puts me out of notes as well. So if that puts me out of notes and you out of notes, then I've already ruined this line of dialogue. There's no more notes. No more notes. So we're just going to give up. Well, until (laughs) next time, I've been BT Calloway. That's been Elliot J. O'Neill. Goodbye. And for now, our watch has ended.